listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. yourself to the latest Rockets news. You're listening to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I am your host, Lashard Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at H-Town for Life 40, all caps, and I am a staff writer for the Dream Shaker. Make sure you check out some of my articles on that website. Um, make sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo H-O-U. That's Apollo H-O-U is all caps. As well, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. And of course, on today's show, I'm joined by my friend. Uh, we're probably up to our 200th podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're the first one on our first video podcast. Um, joined by Mr. Anthony Duckett, AD. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, man. I always look forward to these. I know it's going to be a ball this time, too. Oh yeah, I mean we got plenty to talk about as Lots usual. Lots to talk about <laughs> the, the normal suspects, uh, Jalen Green and yeah, how's he playing this season? And we have the trade season coming up, which I honestly I cannot wait till it's over with. Oh so man, we have that to talk about and just you know general NBA stuff. But before we get started, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your content? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at a underscore uh, Ducket. That's uh, D U C K E T T. Um, I, I always look forward to uh, debating people, especially uh, I haven't heard as much from the, the Harden stands uh, this year <laughs> as, as, as I did last year, though. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets fans that will be the Philadelphia Sixers fans next yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking forward to a good a good debate. I, I especially love it when the debates, you know, turn into you're stupid or you're an idiot. You know, I, I love that. Oh, yeah. I've gotten a few uh, DMs that are pretty interesting, but they won't get any airplay on this show. I won't even mention their names. But, uh, uh, of course, like I said, I wanted to start off with, um, I mean, of course, we saw the Rockets lost last night again, 125 to 110. They were down 12 early in the first quarter, and they pretty much never were able to get back. They got within five or six late in the game. But, yeah, unfortunately, as usual, the team went on a run. Anthony Simons. And CJ McCollum uh, basically, you know, led the Blazers with 25 and uh, 26 points. So the Rockets pretty much really never was able to get over that hump. Um, they actually have another podcast coming out either tomorrow or Monday. That's going to talk more about the actual game. But I wanted to get uh, AD's opinion on a couple of things. We want to start with Jalen Green, which has been like the biggest topic right now. Yeah. Um, What's your overall opinion of Jalen Green? Are you worried at all about how he's been struggling lately? Or are you more of the mindset that he's still young? He's a he's not necessarily a guy that's ever going to shoot 40% from three-point range, but he's a guy that's going to be more of a, a overall scorer, not necessarily a knockdown Steph Curry shooter. So what is your opinion of him so far this year, especially his last several games where he's been struggling with his shot? Well, the biggest thing is that, you know, what I worry about, I'm not really worried 
Um, but what I do worry about is that it seems like a lot of this is becoming mental, you know, yeah. for him. Um, you can, you know, you can kind of, you can tell him, you're kind of beating himself up, you know, a lot or, um, you know, I think it would really help if he could, if he could just get some easy ones to fall to kind of get his confidence back up. Um, but you know, to be honest, when you draft a teenager and I know this is not, you know, fun to say or to hear, um, you know, people usually want a reaction, a negative reaction or one in or the other, but I mean, when you draft a teenager, you're going to, it's going to be some, you know, some, some learning, um, that has to, to take place. You know, they're going to have leaps and bounds, um, highs and lows. Um, my opinion so far is that I have seen, you know, when they first ditched the double big lineup, um, and they pretty much scrapped Tice, you know, we saw Jalen Green, you know, have a, a pretty nice run there. You know, yeah. um, we've had moments that we've seen, okay, this guy could be, uh, you know, he was compared to Bradley Bill. Zach Levine, you know, when he got drafted, we've seen, I think we've seen some flashes that he could be that. I remember the Lakers game where he, I think he dropped 30 in that game and he, and he had a big three over AD, like with the, you know, closing seconds. Um, you know, like we've seen flashes that he could be that Bill or Levine. And on the flip side, we've also seen, you know, proof that this is a, a rookie, you know, a, a teenager who still needs to get better. still needs to improve. Um, so that's what I expect. Like, I did not expect him to come out the, the seams and be, you know, Bradley Bill right now. You know, yeah. uh, again, I feel like we've seen flashes that he could be that. We've also, again, seen flashes that, hey, you know, there are some things that he's going to have to work on, get better at, improve. Um, and, and I, I think it'll happen. It's surprising to me that, you know, and Twitter is a cesspool. We all know this, but but it's surprising to me seeing people like, you know, say stuff like, "Well, you, you know, you can't give up on him yet." Like, why are we even talking about giving up on a rookie? You yeah. know, the season's not even halfway over yet. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to me. I think the biggest problem is that people see Evan Mobley has been consistent yeah. all year, and then they see that Cade Cunningham is starting to really pick up his game. I mean, he struggled to begin the year as well, but he's really picked up his game. Um, and then you have Scotty Barnes, who started off strong. He's kind of slowed down since then, but he's picked up his, you know, his game all year. So you see all the other rookies there having solid to good years, and people are like, well, why Jalen's not doing it? But people got to remember, Jalen Green only played 15 games last year. I mean, the G League season wasn't that long, so he's already played double that already. Actually, a little bit more than that. He's play, already played over, what, 35, 36 games already this season? Yeah. So, I mean, he's getting to the point where he's probably already hit the rookie wall. And I think that the all-star break is going to be great for him unless he's in the slam dunk contest, which I don't think that's going to be necessarily going to uh, hamper his recovery time. But, <laughs> I mean, I think he definitely needs the, the overall break just mentally as well. I mean, you're throwing a 19-year-old into a situation where he's got to be the number one guy and he's not like Evan Mobley where he's going to – he can have bad shooting games, but he's going to dominate on the defensive end. So all people are going to look at with Jalen is his offense. So if he's not making it, then people go straight to, well, he's struggling, he's this and that. But I actually think last night, just going back over the game, I think that he started off slow, but he started to pick it up and start getting to the basket more. I think it's just going to yeah. be more one-off situations where he improves here, improves there. He might not necessarily give you 30, 40 points a game and – you know, oh, God, that's so great. It's going to be more of a slow uptick in progress. So I just think that 
again, I know people hate the P word, being patient, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to this you year. Have to. You have to. With this entire team, you have to be patient. With Coach Silas, you have to be patient. Coach Silas is, uh, I mean, he's in his second year. I mean, you just look at it like he's a second-year NBA player. It's basically the same thing. So all this, this whole team is trying to learn as they go. And I just think that Jalen, just to the point right now, I think he's more of tired legs than anything else. Because like you said, when he came back from the injury, I think that first five or six game, he was great. Yeah. He was shooting close to 40% from three and getting to the basket. So I just think it's just a matter of him being tired right now. But what do you think some of the things that he does have to improve on? I mean, of course, he has to make more shots. That's obvious. But outside of his shot making, what's some of the things that you think he needs to do more of to get to that point? Well, I want to see him attack more, be a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, um, I still think around the rim, he, he's, you know, obviously those are higher percentage shots. Um, if he can make some of those higher percentage shots, he'll get his confidence back up. Um, I think a little bit of it is on shot selection as well. Um, you can tell he's pressing a little bit, which is why I think it's kind of become a mental thing. Um, but the main thing is just attack, be more aggressive, and I think good things will happen. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing. I think if he gets to the line more, that'll maybe get a shot going. Because um, I had um, Corey Tulliba. He's one of the draft guys. Yeah. And he fought Jalen for a while, all the way back to high school. Well, I mean, that's not that long ago. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a while. He said that he made a good point that Jalen's never going to be like a knockdown, you know, automatic shooter like a Steph Curry or somebody like yeah. that going to be more of a shot maker and he takes like really difficult shots as you see right with hands in his face you know shooting from 28 feet 29 feet away so i think it's more of him getting more comfortable taking people off the dribble and getting to the basket because his first step i think he's probably like one of the fastest first steps yeah. in the league so i just think he just need to get more comfortable with that and get into the basket like you get said downhill, yeah get get downhill get to the free throw line get some easier points instead of just always trying to score over people Right. Um, and I mentioned Coach Siles earlier. Do you think that Coach Siles can also play a part in that, and getting him easier shots? I mean, maybe more have him going downhill, uh, maybe bringing the ball up a little bit more. I know they want KPJ to be that point guard, but do you think there's anything Coach Siles can do on his on his end to where he can make it a little bit easier for Green? Well, yeah, I mean, as far as him ball court, I, I think that that will help. Um, I, I do think it's possible for for him to do that and KPJ to still be that, you know, pr- obviously primary facilitator um, or focal point, you know, from a standpoint, getting others involved. Um, so I think that will help. But I also think a lot of it is just, it's just mentality. I think Jalen Green just has to have that mentality and that mindset. And, you know, for all that we've heard about, well, all that we did hear about him coming out, of uh, the G League was that he did have that mindset. He did have that, you know, killer mentality, that attack. Right. Um, that's why I say I, I, I think this slump has really kind of thrown him off uh, mentally um, to where, you know, and, and it's good. You know, we see him practice, you know, after games. You know, he's getting back yeah. on the floor, taking shots. I, I love that. Uh, but, again, I want him to be more aggressive and attack. And I think that's something that he has to, you know, in his mind be determined to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. He's just kind of just learning how to be a, a pro. Like yeah. you know, we said earlier, he hasn't played a lot of professional basketball. I right. mean, first last year was his first real year playing professional basketball. Then he's playing with other guys like, you know, Kaminga. And he was playing with Day- Deshaun Nix. Yeah. 
Um, he was playing with a couple of other guys that, you know, are now in the NBA. So he's just trying to learn how to be that number one guy to where everything is pretty much on him now. He's not surrounded by other higher-level players. Not to say that Christian was not a higher-level player and players like that, but he's the, basically supposed to be the number one guy. And, you know, it's just going to take time for him to get to that point. And Alperin Shangun, you know, started off the season really fast. Um, has kind of slowed down since coming back from the injury. And he's still around the same, you know, minute limit. And so recently we heard that Coach Charlotte said that he doesn't really believe that Christian Wood and – or he doesn't want to play Christian Wood and Alperin Shangun together. What do you make of that? Do you just think it's a case of he just doesn't think it's a good fit or does he just want to see them playing separately and have Shangun play more with the second unit? I mean, what what do you think of that when you heard that? Well, it's tough to – when it comes to that, it's, it's been – I know it's been a thing like all season. Yeah. Um, it, it My takeaway is that Silas wants to see him come off the second – you know, play with the second unit. Um he obviously with reason he just doesn't trust, you know, them playing together. We've seen limited yeah. minutes. Um, and you know, um, not necessarily it hasn't necessarily been bad when they, they play together, but again, it just seems like Silas the way you know, Silas has had a training wheels on Singoon, it seems like all year. Yeah. Um, which which explains a lot of you know the frustration people have had about his lack of playing time. Um, but I also think that that explains why he wants them to come off the bench, play the second unit. It just seems like he has a, a his vision for developing him is very unique, it seems. Um, yeah. And it seems like, again, he wants him to come off, you know, and play that second unit. That's my takeaway from it. What, what about you? What do you think? I, I think it's the same thing. I, I just don't – and I think it could be also he doesn't trust them defense, uh, defensively together yeah. because, I mean, neither one is really a shot blocker. I mean, Christian Wood is a little bit better as far as switching out on two guards in the perimeter, but – He's not necessarily Draymond Green or somebody switching out on right, the guard. Right, right, right. And Shangoon, even though he's actually looked better than I thought he would on defense, he's still got a long way to go as far as being able to switch, being able to play better weak side defense. Because a lot of times he gets beat back door or he's reaching and he gets these you know silly fouls and then he gets in foul trouble. So I think it's a combination of multiple things. I just don't think that he feels comfortable at all having those two on the court together because he just doesn't really see them as a defensive fit. I mean, offensively, I think they'll be fine because I think Christian Wood shoots well enough from three-point range where he doesn't have to be in the paint. But I just don't think that he probably feels comfortable playing them together. And if that's the case, you know, (laughs) I mean, ultimately we may lead to something else either at this trade deadline, which we'll talk about in a second segment, or maybe in the offseason because if they can't, play together on the court, then ultimately one of them is probably going to have to go. And we kind of already know that answer. <laughs> At <Yeah>. least <laughs> I, I think we do. But um, I think right now, yeah, I just think he just feels more comfortable with him playing against that second unit, which then he can dominate more than playing against, you know, starting centers because he still yeah. struggles against certain starting centers in the league when we have seen that. So I yeah. don't think that it's anything, you know, outside of that. I just think, like you say, he just doesn't feel comfortable right now playing them together. Yeah. Um, and one more thing on, on Shangun. Um, do you think that he can eventually get to where he's a better three-point shooter? Because right now he still hesitates a lot taking a three-pointer. 
he doesn't seem to feel real comfortable. He's a he was a really good or decent free throw shooter overseas. He shot over eighty percent, which you would think eventually would translate. Yeah, yeah, because I mean we saw players like. Brooke Lopez, who didn't shoot any threes at all when he first came in the league, and now he's like one of the best three-point shooters, well, when he's on the court. He hasn't yeah, played yeah. all year, but he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Do you see Shane Goon eventually be able to expand his game? Because, honestly, he's going to have to if he's going to want to take that next step. Yeah, I mean, Brooke Lopez is actually a really good example. It took Brooke Lopez a while uh, to, yeah. to, get to, that, to get to that point. Um, who knows? Maybe that, that's what you know. We it's from Singoon. I don't know, but but I, I do think that he he can be, because you know there's been there's been small sample sizes. There's been yeah. you know limited spurts where we have seen him be able to you know um, shoot forty percent uh, here or there. Um, obviously, very small sample size, but I think a lot of it is just a volume. Like he's he's got to get you know like you said comfortable with taking that shot. And also, I think, you know, him getting more playing time would help there, um, theoretically. But, yeah, I mean, he – to me, it's too early to call it, obviously, right now, which I know is not a fun answer. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's too early to call it right now. But I definitely think he can there because, like you said, you know, free throw shooting typically, you know, translates to a three-point shooting. And he, yeah. he was a good free throw shooter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he can get there. Um, a lot of it is more so confidence, you know, like you said, he's got, he's got to have the, the willingness to fire away when he has that shot there. Yeah. And I think, I think he'll get there eventually. Cause as we see, he seems pretty confident when he's on the floor overall. I didn't, yeah. I was not expecting this level of trash talk from him. Oh <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he's got to the point now he's getting technicals. Um, I don't know yeah. if you remember that play the other night where I think he it dunked, was. And, and then I saw him, I saw him flex afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> McDermott dunked on him, so then he he started talking trash after he dunked on basically the whole team and got their technical. So he, I wasn't so, expecting that so, level so, of trash. So, so he, he dunked on him and then flexed and then stared him down too. I was like, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> and he's been doing that all year. I mean, with the flexing and the, the talking about they're too small and so yeah. hey, I'm I'm all, I'm here all for that. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna wrap it up for the first segment. Second segment, we're gonna talk more um, about. The possible trades that come up because the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken, is February 10th. Yep. So it's basically right around the corner. We're going to talk about uh, what we, we expect from the Rockets as far as whether they're going to do any trades and what they should expect back in any of those trades. And if they don't get it, whether we think they should even do them. So uh, make sure you stick around and we'll be right back. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And welcome back to the Launchpad Podcast. We're by Apollo Media, and we are here in the second segment. And in the second segment, uh, I want to talk more with AD about the possible trades coming up. Uh, February 10th is a trade deadline. The Rockets have several veterans that could possibly be moved. Um, of course, the number one right now is Eric Gordon. Um, you also have uh, David Nwaba, who's getting some interest from teams, uh, especially, you know, playoff teams. Uh, also, of course, you have Christian Wood, who everybody's been talking about as a possible person the Rockets could trade. And then you have DJ Augustine, who... He's another guy that you know I think that some playoff teams may be looking at, but I want to start with Eric Gordon. 
we've seen multiple reports. We've seen some reports saying the Rockets pretty much expect that they can get a first-round pick for him. We've seen some other national, even some people here in the local fan base that say that the Rockets should just settle for pretty much anything they can get for him, whether it's a second-round pick in 2030 or whatever it is. They should just get him off the roster just so they can make more time for the people that are playing behind him. So I want to get your opinion on that. What do you think that the Rockets should expect from them? Uh, another team, and let's say they don't they don't get that, do you think they should just trade him anyway to open up playing time for other players on the team? Um, hmm. You're talking about, you're talking about Gordon, right? Gordon, yes. So I don't think you just trade him just for the sake of trading him. I, I do th- I do think that there's value that he brings from a professional. You got you know you got a young team, young guys. Um, and I do think there is something there when, from a standpoint of Eric Gordon going about things as a professional. Um, the guys, he's his tenth, eleventh year, uh, somewhere around there. Um, so I, I think having a, a steady veteran presence like that helps. Uh, you know, a Jalen Green or even a KPJ, um, especially with Wall not really being around the team as much. So I think there's something there. He's also, I mean, he's he's been one of the Rockets' best players. Um, this season, yeah. you, could, you could say you would even say he has been the best player. Um, but because of the value that I mean, Eric Gordon on a contending team brings a lot. You know, he's a really good on ball defender. We've seen that. You know, Donovan Mitchell can attest to that. Um, he, he's shooting 40, you know, 40 plus percent, 45 percent from three this season as well. You know, you know what you're getting. Um, so because of what he brings to the table, I, I think you. I have thought that a first round pick is what you should really not be settling for any less than that. You know, yeah. um, first round pick is is what I and I think that's a fair asking price, especially considering that a contending team would be the one that would trade for him, which you're going to be getting like in the 20s, probably, uh, yeah. unless you get a pick for years out. But why would you do that? Um, so, yeah, so I mean, you, to me, like a first round pick, you know, that's not too much to ask for. And I think we've even seen reports that the Rockets believe that they can get a first-round pick uh, for him, which we we saw that same thing last year with Oladipo, which you and I discussed before before uh, yes. <laughs> all the Oladipo was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, the, wild, the wild lineup. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That, that feels like that feels like ten years ago. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. just one year ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, if I get a first-round pick. For Eric Gordon, I, I think that's kind of what I'm looking for. I, I, I saw the question about, you know, would you take a second, you know, the Rockets' own second from the Cleveland Cavs and uh, expiring deal Rubio. It's like, why would you do that deal? You know, um, you can get way better than a second-round pick. Although that pick would – people are saying, well, that pick basically is a first-round pick. Well, it's not. It's a second-round pick, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a second round. That's why it's two in front of it. <laughs> right. To me, if if you don't get a first-round pick, then it makes sense to hold on to him. I don't think you should just yeah. deal him just to deal him. I don't think you have to worry about him taking minutes uh, from others. You know, I think that's that's on Silas. There, there is a way to manage the minutes distribution – um, so in my, I mean, in my opinion, if you don't get a, de- a good deal, that's equal value, which I think is the first round pick then to me, the best move is to hold on to him to the off season. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree because Eric Gordon's contract does run for like a couple more years. If I'm not mistaken. Um, his last year is not fully guaranteed. Right. I don't think you have to necessarily be in a rush. I mean, the Rockets aren't hurting for draft picks. They're not trying to contend this year. So 
to me, you shouldn't be in a rush to do anything. And just trading him for a second-round pick, to me, is just crazy. I think if you wait, if you can't get a first-round pick, like you said, you wait until the offseason. Or see next deadline, maybe. Or next trade deadline um, to where his contract is even le- uh, uh, is only like another maybe a year and a half or whatever. Yeah. The teams may be more willing to trade for him. I mean, I know you run the risk of him possibly getting hurt, but I don't think you make trades based on whether somebody you scared somebody's going to get hurt at a certain pl- a point in time. And I think there is some value in him still being on the team as far as being a leader and being a player that at least that we don't know of has complained at all about, you know, anything, not being right? on a better team or yeah, or anything. So you definitely need still need veterans on your team, especially when you have all these young guys. You they need to see how um, professional players go about you know, preparing for every game and how they perform in the game. You still need those guys on the team. So, yeah, I'm not trading them for anything less than a first-round pick. And, and, you know, if you can't get that, to me, yeah, you just hold on to them and you just move on uh, until the offseason, like you said, the next trade deadline. Um, another guy that I, I totally forgot, and when you said his name, I actually remember that he was still on the team, was John Wall. Um, yeah. So – we saw a ton of reports about the Rockets <laughs> would be fine with bringing back Westbrook. Oh, my you know, favorite course, topic right now. Yep. And, and <laughs> if, if, if everybody doesn't know, um, AD has basically manifested this trade out of thin air. He has been on the trade job for, for anybody, honestly, but really the Westbrook all year long. And so if it happens, you can thank AD here because he, he pretty much put it in Rafael Stone's ear to make this happen. So, but, uh, <laughs> So we talked about this course off the air and we've talked about it a little bit on Twitter back and forth. So in the circumstances to where Russell Westbrook would agree to a buyout if he was traded to the Rockets for John Wall, you would still do the trade even if it didn't involve the Lakers 2027 first round pick? See, that's where it gets tough because the reason why I want the deal is because I want that pick. <laughs> yeah. Because in five years, LeBron, I mean, I don't know. He might still be – who knows? He's not human, so he might still be playing at a high level. The <laughs> odds are that he probably won't be. And uh, Anthony Davis, because I don't call him AD because he gives us a bad name. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but Anthony Davis would be like 33 years old. His knees are like 60 right now. So, I mean, you know, in five, year, five years, that draft pick's valuable. But that's also the reason why Lakers probably don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but to me, if you – I mean, you have LeBron playing at this level. You can't – you shouldn't worry about a pick in five years. I mean, I mean yeah. Rob Palenka probably won't be the GM in fighters, <laughs> you know. LeBron um, may be the GM at that point. Chris could probably, yeah, he, he might be, might be a co-owner at that point too. <laughs> you know, uh, now the argument that the <laughs> Lakers can, can get a better player, you know, maybe, but they've been dangling THT none in that pick, and they can't get anybody. Um, but to answer your question, yeah. if that pick's not involved, well, I do it for multiple second-round picks. The Rockets don't need, you know, draft picks to yeah. desperately, you know, help the Lakers per se. Now, giving them wall doesn't really help them, to be honest. But, um, you know, if <laughs> but if this is someone that you're, you're going to yeah. buy out wall probably anyways in the off in the summer, I think. Um, yeah. So if you're going to buy them out anyways, you can get you know draft capital. I still think you probably at least want to get a pick swap. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, if if you get two seconds. For John Wall, who you're going to buy out 
to, to get Russ. Uh, Russ would definitely take a buyout because, first of all, he's never been a free agent, I don't think. Um, so he would love to be able to be a restricted, yeah. unrestricted free agent. And also, he's not going to want to play on a team that's not, you know, contending, especially right now where he's at in his career. You know, Russell Westbrook is, you know, in his mind, and truthfully, he's already accomplished everything except for winning a ring. So coming to play on this team would not be something he would want. So if you do that trade, then, yeah, I'm sure he would take a buyout. But as for where I do a trade, if the first-round pick in 27 is not involved, I think I would because anything is better than, you know, a guy I'm going to have to pay to go home anyways. Yeah, I I guess that's when it get, where it gets kind of dicey because you're right. They're probably going to buy John Wall out at some point next year anyway. And then if they do that, then they're not going to get anything for him. Or you could make the trade for Westbrook and get a few second-round picks. Um, and But, of course, he has to guarantee that he's going to accept a buyout. I mean, that's the only way it's going to work. I think he would do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you don't want him – I don't see him as the type of player that's just going to be like, yeah, you know. I mean, I know he likes to spend time with his family. He brings up his family, which is great. But I just don't see Westbrook as the type of player just be, I'll just sit out, you know, this year and next year. Three months, yeah. Yeah, I just don't see, like you said, he's at the end of his, I mean, even if you could say his prime. I don't know. He may be past his prime at this point. He still can have a really good game like we saw last night. But as far as the Westbrook we know of, even the Westbrook last year, I don't think that you're going to see that for a long periods of time anymore. So he's yeah. going to want to get to another team, a contending team as fast as possible. So yeah, it's, it's kind of dicey because this, this whole situation is just still crazy. Anyway, the fact that John Wall is still not even, I don't think he's even with the team anymore. If I heard correctly, he's actually training in Miami, yeah. in Miami closer to his family. So he's not even with the team anymore. So yeah, I guess if you can get multiple picks for him, or maybe the Rockets can be the facilitator in a three-team trade. I don't know. If you can get some type of draft capital for him, then I guess maybe. But like you said, if it's just one second-round pick or a straight-up swap, then I mean, it's really not even worth it for the Rockets to even go through that whole process if yeah. you're not getting something for it. When you're just going to buy a John Wall and, and – Whatever we say about John Wall, at least he hasn't been a headache. He hasn't been yeah. in the media complaining. And, and, you know, there's actually been more people, former Rockets, have complained more about it than actual John Wall himself complaining about it. So, well, aside I'm from that, that one IG post where he said, free me, that, 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 well, was, yeah. it. that was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've seen what PJ Tucker, which oh, is man. crazy that he's even getting involved. Lane, he, he called him Lane. Rockets handed him a championship basically last year. I don't know why yeah. he's even saying anything. And right. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was a couple of other former Rockets. Mason Jones did, too. Yeah, actually, current Rockets. I think Jalen Green or somebody. Said, yeah, J- um, Jalen Green said free him, yeah. So they've done more talking than John Wall has. So, I mean, I guess in a situation, he's this is the best you're going to get. So I, I guess that's why the Rockets aren't really in a hurry to just be making trades because right now it's not really affecting the team overall. But, yeah, I, I think if they can get some type of – capital draft capital they would do it and especially if they get that first round pick in 2027 then why not do it i mean at this point you get a first round pick and then you're um basically off the contract um next year so you might as well try to move on from that um before we wrap a second segment i also want to get your opinion on a couple other players um yeah christian wood has been like a hot topic all year long honestly um, as far as being traded and what would you take for him? And we talked about a little bit about this off the air. But what do you think the Rockets 
could expect from him? And do you even think that the Rockets will make a trade for Christian Wood at the trade deadline? Because like we talked about off the air, you have to be able to get some type of equal value for him. Yeah. And with the situation that happened earlier in the year with him um, getting into with teammates um, on the court yeah. and then the situation that happened in the locker room, that stuff kind of travels throughout the NBA. And it's some stuff that happened, you know, maybe not as bad as what happened this year, but there's been other stuff in his past, you know, as far as, uh, um, you know, getting along with teammates and things like that. Do you think the Rockets get equal value for him? And do you think that they will even be able to find a trade uh, before the trade deadline? Well, the challenge is figuring out what is equal value for Christian Wood. You know, um, I feel like he had a better season last year than he has had this season. He hasn't had a bad season this year, but um, I think the issue is defining what, you know, what is equal value. In my opinion, the you know, what you should expect out of a Christian Wood trade, if that happens, is a first-round pick and a young, promising player. Um but to be honest, it's the same part of the same issue. A team that's going to trade for Christian Wood is a contending team. So you're going to be getting a low draft pick, uh, yeah. more than likely, unless they own a pick from another team that's better, which if that's the case, why would they trade that for Wood? They could just trade yeah. their own. <laughs> um, especially for a guy they're going to have to pay. So, I mean, you know, the report earlier was that, you know, Duncan Robinson for Wood was floated around. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily like that trade, but I think that I that's <laughs> the type of player that you probably would get at this stage if you if you trade him. You know, um, unless you unless you can if you if you can get a, a like I said, a young promising guy on a rookie deal still now as opposed to you know Duncan Robinson at twenty million or so annually just got the extension. Wow. Um, to me, that that's that's what you would do, but yeah, I don't know that the Rocks are going to be able to get that. So. Um, I think we should be prepared for him to be on the team past the deadline, or if he does get moved, you know, be prepared for the package to be underwhelming. And I don't think that Stone's going to make a trade just to get rid of him. You know, yeah. um, to me, it's it could be like Eric Gordon situation. Like if you don't get what you like, then wait till the summertime. Um, and, and next year he'll be on. We'll be on an expiring deal anyway. So who knows? But to my, in my opinion, what you should be asking for in a wood trade is a promising young player in a first round pick. Yeah. And I can imagine Rockets Twitter. Um, They're going to explode. At, <laughs> at what uh, I think is the deadline now. It's like two or three o'clock central time. I can imagine Rockets Twitter 301 central time after trade deadline. Both those players are still on the team. <laughs> I might have to take a hiatus from Twitter if that happens. We're going to have Twitter spaces popping up all over the place. Oh, um, man. <laughs> in shambles. Um, and I, I agree with you as far as the up and coming pr- player I've been thinking about is um, is uh, Smith from Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, I yeah. like that trade um, because I don't necessarily see him getting a lot of playing time right now. Because honestly, they've been playing. If I'm not mistaken, they just signed Biombo, so he's been playing a lot of backup. They still have Javale McGee. Of course, they have Aiden. They have Cameron Johnson, who they've been getting playing time to. Um, Jay Crowder plays small, a uh, power forward, so they don't really have minutes for him. Now maybe they'll, you know, they're fine with that, and they'll they'll let him come along slowly. But maybe they'll look for a Christian Wood because they don't. I mean, I know they like Cameron Johnson, but he's still a really young player, and he does one specific thing. He's a really good shooter. Yeah, I mean, Jay Crowder is. I mean, Jay Crowder's okay, but I don't know if you can do, necessarily depend on a Jay Crowder uh, for the rest of the season. Maybe they'll do a. Sarek and 
Smith for Smith, Christian uh, Wood and some salary fillers or something. Yeah. Um, it, it would have to be a player like that, not necessarily that trade, but a player like that that's up and coming um, and that the Rockets can get in return. But if not, I, I actually believe so. I don't think that they would move Christian Wood. I think they'll be fine with keeping him because I think they ultimately don't think that he's hindering anybody's progress. And yeah. I know people are worried about him getting max money, but his contract still runs for, if I'm not mistaken, all the way through next year. So you still have yeah, time. Does. You know, to move Christian Wood even in all season or before next trade deadline. So again, I don't think it's a case of you just trade them just to be trading them because then you definitely have to play Shane Goon 25, 30 right. minutes because Daniel Tice may also be on the move. Honestly, I think Daniel Tice is the second most likely rocket to get traded because he has a small contract. Um, it's only what seven, eight million dollars a year, and some playoff team is definitely going to want. I think he'll be actually good on a playoff team. On the Rockets, he serves no purpose because the Rockets are rebuilding, and he doesn't really add any value on the court because he's not the person that can stretch the floor. He's really just clogging up the lane. So, yeah, I think he can help a, a contending team. And if you can get a second round pay for Daniel Tice, I'm perfectly fine with that. Right. I have no problem. You whatever or second round pick you get for him, or Nawaba. You go yeah. ahead and make those trades. But for Christian Wood or Eric Gordon, uh, we may be in the minority on this, but I'll be perfectly fine with them keeping them for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, if, if the option is either that, like a bad deal, then yeah. you keep them. You don't take a bad deal because you can always revisit, you know, yeah. late, at a later point in time, like I said, whether it's in the summer or the deadline next year. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah. And, again, it's not 2K. You got to have two teams. <laughs> You right, can't, you can't you can't override trades and make the other team take whatever you want to give them. That's just not <laughs> how it works. So, yeah. if the Rockets the Rockets don't get what they want, then they'll just be like, "Ah, oh, we're fine. We'll just keep losing for the rest of this year, and and then we'll focus on the off season." So, you don't have to make trades this year. Neither guy is on expiring deals. So, to right. me, you get what you want. If you don't, you move on and you just make those trades possibly next year. Um, that's going to do it for the second segment. And last segment, we're going to be uh, talking a little bit more about the NBA in general, a little bit about our everybody's favorite former Houston Rocket, James Harden, and the news that came out about him. And also, I'm just going to ask AD a couple of uh, what's more likely to happen questions, uh, something I did a couple of podcasts ago. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. And continuing here on the Launchpad Podcast, written by Apollo Media. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. And in this final segment... I wanted to get AD's opinion on a couple of things. The James Harden news that came out recently um, that definitely affects the Rockets uh, when it comes to their draft situation. And also just want to ask a couple of questions of more likely to happen. Um, this is more of a, a, a more of a fun part of the segment uh, where I get AD's opinion on what's more likely to happen one thing or the other. But we're going to start off with the James Harden situation that came out the past week where a report said that is a good chance that he is not back with the Nets next year, that he is um, actually thinking about maybe moving to a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I also want to keep in mind that the person that 
first release that is actually a writer in Philadelphia. So, you know, just take that with a grain of salt, maybe. But it's starting to be reported more and more from other outlets as well. So what's your opinion on that? I know when the Rockets first made the trade, a lot of people were like, the Rockets didn't get anything back. They got bamboozled. They got fleeced. All the kind of words were thrown around by what the Rockets <laughs> got back in that deal. But now we're seeing stuff starting to slowly crumble a little bit with the Nets. KD is hurt. Um, he played actually most of last year where he wasn't hurt. He's already hurt this year. We saw with James Harden last year with his injury. Um, he was out last game. I don't know if that was anything serious. It may have just been rest, but we'll find out if he's out again this next coming game. And then we have Kyrie Irving, who nobody knows what's going to happen with him. So Never. what's your opinion on this whole situation now with James Harden and how it affects the Rockets? Well, um, I think that Raphael Stone gambled. Well, not really gambled. I mean, he gave Harden what he wanted. He wanted to go to yeah. Brooklyn. They said they gave him an option to Philly or Brooklyn, and he said, I want to go to Brooklyn. You know, he had been wanting to play with KD, so it's not really a gamble. But um, I think in taking that deal, you know, they gambled on the Nets' future, and yeah. it looks like, <laughs> it, you know, they might strike strike gold here because, yeah. um, you know, it was said at the time that if you look at the history of KD, Harden, and, and Kyrie, really there's like two years is about the longest that, you know, they end up with the same star teammate yep. um is a little bit different because with the warriors he was there a little longer um but uh, obviously you know with Harden, especially you know two years um hell even when he had rest that didn't even last two years <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> Kyrie's, you know same thing you know two years so um it the fact that Harden would possibly want to leave i'm not surprised man you know although they have that that trio of three great players you know, for one reason or another, they just can't take the court together, whether it's, yeah. you know, vaccine mandate or injuries, you know, they just can't take the court together. And Harden, um, you know, wanted to leave Houston because he was tired of having to carry the load and he goes to Brooklyn and he's still carrying the load. So, yeah. you know, it's not surprising that he wants to leave. I, I was shocked that the report about he didn't like the taxes there and the climate is like, <laughs> like those two things, like you're talking about New York. Those two things have been that way forever about New York. You know, well, I, I know he didn't have internet before he got there. So maybe he just <laughs> yeah, didn't right. have an idea what, what New York was. Research. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't do his research, but you know, if climate and taxes are the two concerns, well, I mean, in Philadelphia, that's going to be an issue too, you know? Yeah, so like same thing, yeah. Um, but maybe it's different because I mean he obviously trusts Daryl and Embiid is playing like a grown man. Oh man, he's, this he's season something. Yeah. Although I don't like the wild take I heard Kendrick Perkins say that Embiid is the most skilled center the, the game has ever seen. You know, you know I don't carry really on. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know I don't really you know. Uh, anyhow, but um, but yes, it will help the Rockets a ton because yeah. now obviously Harden is off the Nets. Um, KD signed that extension for sure, but I mean they were talking to Kyrie about giving him his deal, and then they yanked it yeah. once he said, "I'm not going to get the vaccine." So I mean, obviously, if you and a sign trade Harden for Ben Simmons, you know, if it's KD and Ben Simmons, yeah, it's still not a bad duo, but you know, how long is that going to last? And yeah. You know, without Kyrie or whoever will be filling that spot, you know, that's the situation looks great for the Rockets as far as it pertains to those draft picks that the Nets gave them in that pick. I mean, that trade. 
And I, I think that's, I'm sure that's what some of the thinking was as far as Stone is concerned when he made the deal. Now, I don't think he thought it was going to start to happen as fast as it's happening. Because, yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, I think in his mind was, okay, maybe they are really good for the next two years. But then you're starting to look at KD's injury history and you're starting to look at Harden is getting older and all the miles he put on in Houston. I mean, something yeah. that, um, uh, you know, people have been pointing out for a long time. I mean, when you dribbling that much, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of stress, you know, just overall on your body, having to constantly be the, the guy every play every year. So, I mean, that's going to start taking a toll on you. And we all know Harden likes to party in the off season. So yeah. he, I don't know if he necessarily is training as hard as he should. And he could get away with that in his younger years. I mean, we right. saw that, like, I mean, the season come around, bam, he, his ankle will twist a completely opposite way. And he's still in the game. I don't know if yeah. that's necessarily the case anymore. And then, like you say, with Kyrie Irving, I mean, heck, he can retire tomorrow and start to play golf like J.R. Smith. I mean, you don't, know wild what, card. you don't know what he could end up doing. Or maybe he'll just go start flipping burgers for a living. You don't know <laughs> what he could start doing. He's just all over the place. So, I mean, the Rockets are, like, looking really great in this situation. And, yeah. and maybe, you know, since Daryl Morey did a match and walked out the building last year, maybe he'll actually help the Rockets for once. And get them a better, <laughs> get better draft capital because he'll bring Harden over to Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah. but like you said, as far as just the him wanting to leave to Brooklyn to go to Philadelphia because of the uh, the city and the taxes. I mean, like you said, I'm not like Philadelphia much better. But <laughs> I'm fine with it. if he has that logic, um, then I'm fine with it because it helps the Rockets out in the long term. If that's yeah. what he want to do. For and sure. also, Embiid has an injury history too, but. I'll yeah. just keep that to myself. Uh, <laughs> he wants to leave. Most go for skilled it. big man ever. Most skilled and, ever. and you know, me and Kendra Perkins are like best friends. Best friends, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I put him up there with Windhorse as some of the greatest <laughs> minds in the NBA. So yeah, yeah him saying him beat us the best skilled big man of all time. That's a whole nother podcast. The game has ever seen. <laughs> that's, that's 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 some asinine stuff that I would expect from Kendrick Perkins uh, when it comes to that. But I will say this real quickly on Kendrick Perkins: something that Ryan Hollis mentioned that you have to be a certain way on ESPN, which entertainment factor, I, yeah. Which I have to take that into account a little bit. But Kendrick Perkins still say some ridiculous crap. But anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 when it comes down to it. The Rockets are looking really good when it comes to those draft picks. And those draft picks run through 20, is it 2027 or 2028? I want to say. Yeah, somewhere say. around there. So it's not like it's just one draft that the Rockets are going to be able to benefit from this. Because even if the if, if KD, if they have to bring in, like you said, Ben Simmons, I don't see Ben Simmons as being some just great factor. I think he has to be on a certain type of team. And I don't know how much longer KD is going to be able to perform. At the way he's yeah. performing, not because he won't be great, just because of injuries. Yeah, he's had some injuries this season, a couple of them, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Rockets are looking really good. And that's why I keep telling people to be patient because you're looking down the road three years from now. I mean, you're talking about having really great draft picks. You're talking about having Jalen Green having that many more years under his belt. And maybe people like Josh Christopher. It's to the point where he's in the starting lineup because he's playing that well. And if Aparin Shangun is as good as everybody think he is and as good as we think he's going to be, I yeah. mean, 
you may be looking at a totally different team that you're looking at right now. I would, I would definitely hope so in three years, because if not, then, ooh, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you know, we're, we're having conversation where we're talking about the Rockets competing for playoffs, you know, home court in three years. Um, three well, years, actually, yeah. Real quickly, before we move on to the other thing I wanted to ask you about, when do you expect the Rockets to start competing for not just play-in, but actually competing for home court advantage? How many years you think mm. down the line uh, do you think that is? So you say it makes you top four in the West. Yeah, or at least, you know, they're, they're, they're comfortably in the fifth, sixth spot, not necessarily fighting for play-in spots um, like some of the teams are. I think, I think two years. Two years is realistic time frame. I've always thought that a, a rebuild takes about three years. If you have yeah. control of your draft picks, if you're using those picks well, um, you know, you also got to be able to add a pretty good mix of role players, veterans yeah. uh, during that time frame, which right now is too early to call if they've done that anyways. Um, I always think – I've always felt like this is really kind of year one. Yeah. Um, Although, yeah, I guess you could say year two because last year was a rebuild as well. But they just the year didn't start out that way. The year started out with trying to yeah. convince Harden, you know, we're good enough. The wall trade was all part of that. But um, in my opinion, two years from now is when we should expect – I'll say at the earliest, when we should expect them to be, you know, top four, top five in the West. I think next season you we should expect them to be able to fight for a playing spot depending on how – you know, the draft pick goes, depending on who they end up drafting with that pick. Um, if they make any other moves, um, which usually they, they make a, a role player signing here or there. They tried that with Tice. It just didn't work out. Um, they did, it did work out with Garrison Matthews. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, I think in two years, you should be able to expect them to be uh, competing for top five, top six in the West. Um yeah. Yeah, and also got to consider that in two years, what will the Suns look like? You know, will CP3 yeah. still be playing? Uh, what will the Lakers look like? You know, LeBron's, again, we know that he's not a human. He's not human. But in two years from now, you know, what's that team going to look like? Yeah, Utah, uh, teams like that, yeah. Now, the Grizzlies, I think, in two years will be, you know, they may be the top of the West for all we know. Yeah, because they, I mean, their whole team is young. I mean, right. outside of uh, – uh, a couple of other players, but Jaron Jackson, then you got John Moran. John Moran, you know, yeah. Desmond Bain. Bain. And, I mean, they got several players. So, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely Brooks, be yeah, there. Too. Dylan Brooks, you know. So, they, yeah. they, they got several players that they'll definitely be there. But, yeah, like, that's a good point. I mean, even teams like Utah, I don't think that that combination of Mitchell and Gobert are going to be together for that Clippers, much Clippers, maybe with the Clippers, too. Paul George and Kawhi. Clippers, they can't stay healthy at all. So, who knows what's going to happen with them. So, it's not like it's a lot of teams where you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I mean, Golden State, maybe, but we don't know what's going to eventually happen Two with Clay years. Thompson. Yeah. I mean, Draymond Green's going to be back in of his career at that point. I mean, Steph, knows? Is, Steph has regressed this season. He's regressed. He's shot. I mean, nobody's talking about it. Our last, I mean, not a lot of people are not talking about it. He has been – He's been in a long slump for a while now. He's shooting. Yeah. And it's funny, somebody pointed out, Westbrook is actually shooting better from two-point <laughs> range than Steph Curry is, which is just wild to me. So, hey, I, who, who knows what Golden State is going to be in a couple of years. So, I, I agree with you. In three years, the Rockets should definitely be um, 
like even before that, they should be they should be fighting for a play in next year, and in two years they should be comfortably in the playoffs. If in two years they're still at the bottom of the league or fighting for a playoff yeah. after two full more years, then it's definitely something going wrong. And then you know even going into next year, if they're still the worst team in the league next year, then I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna start getting a little bit hot around Toyota Center, I, I can start agreeing then because <laughs> at that point, you should not be the worst team in the league next year. I don't care. I mean, unless some major you know, horrible injury happened to some of your main players, if you still got the same main players and you factor in a Chet Holmgren or Bancaro or Smith, Jabari, you Smith, should, yeah. Jabari Smith, you should not be bottom of the league next year. There's no way that should happen next year. Yeah. That's when I'll start to get worried. This year, I'm I'm living I'm living. It was kind of expected life. this season. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, before we wrap it up, I want to ask uh, Ad a couple of uh, yeah. What's more likely to happen? Questions. Let's do it. So the, the first question uh, was, what's more likely to happen? Um, Jalen Green leading the league in scoring at some point in his career. Or Kevin Porter Jr. is still the full-time point guard in three years from now, and that remember that that includes going past, if I'm not mistaken, a contract. So the Rockets basically would have to re-up him on a contract as well. So that's all factored into this. Three years, I think it's more likely that Jalen Green leaves the league in scoring. Okay. Because I don't think that KPJ is a natural point guard. And I know that this is kind of experiment, you know, see if, if they can, if it works, you know, Rockets didn't give up much for him. So what can we get from maybe try him here, try him there. Um, I do think that he's a guy that can get you a steady six, seven assists a game, but I don't think that means that he has to be doing it in a point guard position or role. Um, so I think that Jalen Green's probably more likely to, uh, to lead the league in scoring. Yeah. And, I agree, and, and I know some people have went back and forth as far as KBJ as a point guard, and I don't necessarily think he has to automatically just be the point guard for the rest of his career. I mean, there's been yeah. multiple players that moved around. Zach Levine started off as a point guard with Minnesota, yeah. and he moved over to shooting guard. So you may start one way, and you may end up in another way. I still think he'll yeah. be a contributor on this team. I think he could be a major contributor on this team, but maybe it's as a different position. Maybe it is as a point guard, but I don't think it's set in stone, no pun intended. That he stays as a full-time point guard three or four years from now. And no matter what we think or heard about Jalen Green, he's been slumping, I still think he has the capabilities to one year lead the league and score him because I think eventually he gets it down. I think he eventually gets to a point where he's more aggressive getting to the basket. And I think he gets to a point where he is a 35, 36% three-point shooter. And I think that's good enough for him to, you know, lead the league in scoring. So, yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but it's definitely more likely that Jalen Green leads the league in scoring because, like you said, KPJ could still eventually just move to another position. That could definitely happen. Um, one more I want to ask you is, now, keep in mind that Alperen Shangun, um, as you looked up earlier before we got back on AD, his season high is 19 points 19 in 27 points. minutes. Yeah. So the question is, what's more likely to happen? Alperen Shangun scores 30 points at one point this year in, in a game this year, or Deshaun Nix, who is currently a two-way player that's playing for the – killing it down in G League for the Vipers, at some point has 
uh, 10 assist game with the Rockets? That's a tough question, man, because as, as we looked up, uh, you know, Sengun did have 19, but on a pretty healthy yeah. 27 minutes. I don't know how much more playing time he would get, unless they're like a triple overtime game uh, than that. Yeah. Um, I think the answer is Knicks getting 10 assists. Um, now, that also means he has to get the right, right amount of playing time um, yeah. to, to do that. But I still think that's more likely um, than Sengun getting 30. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, that's why I wanted to kind of frame it that way to make it not so much of an easy, you know, one way or another. Yeah. Because Nick's, like you said, Nick does have to get the playing time because right now he is with the Vipers. I think at some point he does get that call up just because – Let's say they make no trades. They're going to eventually start shutting players down like they did last year. Like Guards, Eric Gordon could have came yeah. back. Yeah, Eric Gordon could have came back at some point last year, but they just pretty much just shut him down for the rest of the year. D- DJ Augustine is not even really getting playing time right now. He may be traded. And you, they, I know they want to play Josh Christopher some at the backup point, but he can play several positions, so he doesn't necessarily have to play point guard minutes. And maybe KPJ, maybe they he gets to the point where he gets you know shut down for some games. Um, so I think at some point, Deshaun Nix will be back on the Houston Rockets. And I think it's more likely towards the end of the year that he does get enough playing time where it can be some game in, I don't know, in March at the, towards the end of the year where he gets 30 minutes in a game like they, like last year where the Rockets, I think, played pretty much exclusively first year and second year guys against, I think it was a Utah game where they had absolutely nobody that actually had any type of experience on the court because either they had been traded or they had shut them down. And I think that's going to happen at some point this year. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think the way Shangun minutes are still limited, I think it's going to be hard-pressed for him to get 30 points at some point this year. So yeah. I can see Knicks, you know, starting a game at some point towards the end of the year and getting to that 10 assist because, you know, a lot of people may not know it, but he's, he's playing – he's a natural point guard. Point guard, yeah. He was playing point guard with that G League and Knight team last year. They had all of those big time players and Kaminga and Jalen Green. They even have veteran point guards on their on their team that have been in, actually played in the NBA for several years, and he was still the starting point guard on that team. So at some point, he keeps killing it in G League. He's second in league, second in G League in scoring. He's going to get a call up some point this year. He's one of the two two way players. So. I think the Rockets are going to want to see what they have in Deshaun Nix before the end of the year. So, yeah, I agree with you that eventually it will probably end up being more Deshaun Nix getting that 10 assist instead of Shangun getting 30 points. I'm sorry, Shangun fans. Don't. Oh, it's too we're late not, now. <laughs> we're not saying Shangun is garbage. It's just with this time, it's a more likely to happen game. So, both could possibly happen, but we think Nix is more likely. That situation is more likely to happen. Um, before we wrap it up, uh, won't you let everybody know again where they can find your content, AD? You can find me on Twitter at A underscore Duckett. Also have a podcast I do weekly, uh, Phil in Stats. It's at Phil in Stats. It's not just a Rockets pod. It's actually all sports, mainly football, basketball. But um, we record on Fridays as well. Um, but I look, look forward. You know, I enjoyed joining you on this pod. I know we're going we're gonna to have several more. Uh, oh, yeah, um, definitely. Probably, probably end up having one uh, after the deadline, which ho- yeah. hopefully that you know that, that that's a positive one, depending <laughs> on what happens <laughs> or doesn't happen. Yeah, well, uh, if 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 it doesn't happen, then you know uh, you know that situation is going to go. Oh so, yeah, I've got somebody in shambles uh, on Twitter. 
Yeah, I would say it's plenty of content. I'll give them that. So yeah, <laughs> one, one, one thing I can say about the Rockets, they are they are never boring. So yeah, say that about the Rockets. <laughs> like, never a course, dull moment. Never a dull moment. So I'm sure we'll be talking again pretty soon. Um, that's gonna do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow the official Apollo HOU account at Apollo HOU. HOU is all caps for blogs, merch, and podcasts and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. And of course, as you see, as you will see on YouTube, we are now uh, have every podcast on YouTube, uh, video podcast on YouTube. So you get to see our great uh, expressions as we're talking about (laughs) our different Rockets topics. So uh, make sure you check that out. Um, And Next week, I'll actually be talking with Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, um, who has been breaking a lot of stories lately about different um, trade scenarios that possibly could happen. So hopefully that podcast will be dropping Tuesday. So make sure you check that out as well. Looking forward to that week. Uh, Yeah, definitely be a lot of great information. Try to make it as rocket centric as I can, but we'll be talking about just overall NBA trade, you know, deadline talk as well. So make sure you check that out. And of course, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode of Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.